Welcome to Eye on the Illini. This Illini guy, Mike Kegley. I am here um, with Illini staff writer um, Matt Stevens, who has been buried in recent developments in the Illini football program. And later on, we'll have Kedrick Prince on director of recruiting, who will talk about the effects of uh, these events on the recruits. So, Matt, um, in a nutshell, give give the uh, Illini fans out there a quick recap on the last couple days and how that has led to Purdue hiring uh, the talented defensive coordinator of the Fighting Illini, Ryan Walters. So at about Saturday, I it's now just to give everybody a hint, we're recording this on Tuesday at six fifty Central Time. Um, about Saturday mid afternoon, I started getting texts from sources, industry sources, agents, other coaches, um, some national right and national colleagues of mine that wanted to help me out. Um, that Ryan Walters was going to be a target by Purdue. Um, and, um, we didn't know really what that meant, but started to investigate and, and it became pretty serious. There was, there was an investig there was, there was a vetting of Tyson Helton, which essentially would have been Purdue's second straight coach that they hired from Western Kentucky. Tyson Helton has been down the road with UAB. Tyson Helton has been down the road with South Florida. Tyson Hilton has been had his name mentioned a whole bunch in this coaching carousel. He's still at Western Kentucky. Um, and then I think Mike Babinski, who I in my one year that I covered Purdue, I found to be a really, really smart administrator. I think he's a really, really good guy um, and a really, really good AD. I did what I thought would happen, which is sat down with Ryan Walters and realized I got to hire this guy. And um, I think it got really, 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 really heavy at about Sunday um, and Monday, it just became a, a, a question from Babinski to, I guess, everybody else who might've been involved in the process. Are we sure we want to hire a guy with no head coaching experience? And the answer to that was yes, we we're okay with that. And once that became a deal Tuesday morning, they made the announcement and Ryan Walters became the next, the 37th head coach in Purdue football history. Yeah. And I think, I think this was a very smart move by Purdue. Um, one is you're getting a guy with unbelievable uh, potential. So uh, say what you want. Ryan Walters understands defense. He is extremely talented at defensive coordination and probably is understated as a defensive backs coach that a lot of people probably don't realize that the way you know Illinois fans would. Um, you also get a guy – who um, is a very good with the youth and the recruits, um, you know, and the players. Then once they become uh, on his team, you know, he's fantastic with them, really good at connecting with them on a human level. Um, so you, you get a couple things there. The other thing is, is once he cleared the, the, you know, the vetting process, so to speak, of a school like Colorado, let you know that he is a major league candidate. And with the surprise, you know, uh, Deion Sanders situation, you've got a guy that you know is good. And the neat thing about this that I really got to gotta give Purdue credit on is, one, you like to strengthen yourself by 
taking from your opponents. And then the other thing is, is you get, um, you potentially have a chance to get Ryan Walters at maybe a lesser price than you might have to next year when there could be three or four schools that you're bidding against. And we all know a market economy of, if you're one coach that's wanted and there's four, three or four schools that desire you, your price tag goes up. So I, I'm going to give kudos, uh, even though this isn't a Illini fan, you know, type of broadcast. I got to give kudos to to um, what what Purdue's doing here. Um, and maybe you could talk for a minute about um, Brett Bielma's coaching tree and what he does to get guys prepared, because I think that's got to be an attraction to any coach who's looking to come to this staff. Yeah. I mean, first of all, let me, let me get a personal message out there. Um, I'm really happy for Ryan. I'm damn yep. happy for Ryan. Yep, Good guy. Um, and, you know, to summarize what you said, I think Ryan's just good with people. And I yep. think we're seeing in 2022, the sport has evolved into you need to hire CEOs as your college football head coach. And maybe the most important, I would say, coach or even probably person in your athletic department at most most places is your football coach, your head football coach. Um, Ryan Walters has all of the skills needed to be a people person and the right CEO that you have. Um, Mike. 20 minutes into walking into the football facility at Purdue. What's he do in the first team meeting? He gives Devin Mockaby a scholarship. He's like, I, 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 we're the hell with this. Like you're, <laughs> you're on scholarship. Like, um, so he gets it and, and damn happy for Ryan. I mean, this, this, this is probably, you say that it's a year early for Purdue and that's probably right in terms of the industry and in terms of the carousel. I think it's maybe even a year too late. Because I think that I know Ryan has interviewed for other jobs. Um, he interviewed for Colorado twice, for Christ's sakes. Um, and um, he he was beginning to price himself out of most jobs. So I didn't know how this was going to go for him in terms of a career for Ryan. And then he found a power two job that is on on the way up. And I would argue that Purdue is on the way up. And and um you know, from from where Jeff Brom John undertook the 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 job after Daryl Hazel, you know, left that program and and start, you know, that that was there was nothing left there. And, and I, I like Daryl a lot as an Illini fan. I do too. I, I, <laughs> yeah, um, a lot of Illini fans like Daryl Hazel, um, even though he beat Illinois um, yeah, in the last game he ever coached. Um, but he left that program in ruins and Jeff Brom had to build that thing back up. He left that better than, than he found it, no doubt about it. And Ryan's going to benefit from that. And I'll be interested to see the staff that he gets to put together at Purdue. That's going to be critical. Your agent can help you out with that though. Just give guys a little bit of an insight. Your agent, a lot of the time helps you out, put a, put a staff together, contact search, search, search firms and all those types of things that can help you put a staff together. Um, and then Ryan's a people person. He's going to be able to put his staff together. Um, so I'm damn happy for that. Uh, the coaching tree is interesting from Bielema because, again, hey, Brett, if you're listening and I'm wrong on this and I don't have the right number, please let me know. Um, but I count seven guys who have been assistants under Brett Bielema who have either 
have been power uh, FBS head coaches or are still FBS head coaches. And I could go down the list, but some of the notable names are Dave Dorian. And then after Dave Dorian left, what did he do? He hired Chris Ash as his defensive coordinator at Wisconsin. And then when Chris Ash left, what did he do? He hired, you know, hired, he basically, um, you know, went through a whole period and then he left for, for Arkansas, but Jim Leonard eventually became the, the head coach played for Brett. Didn't didn't coach with Brett. Um, you know, Charlie Partridge coached with Brett. Um, I think he became a defensive coordinator at Wisconsin um, and at Arkansas for Brett. Uh, he's, he was a head coach at FAU um, and is still a really well-renowned defensive line coach and defensive coach at Pitt. Uh, we, you know, we may get back to Charlie here a minute in a minute. We may get back to Chris Ash here in a minute. Um uh, I'm forgetting a couple of names, but there are there are numerous people that Brett Bielema has put in better situations. And when he says, hey, um, I was prepared for this for a year. Trust me, he was prepared for this for Ryan for a year um, because he he knows a, when somebody's on the cusp of being a head coach. And he knew that Ryan was was one of those people. And so I, I think. Um, yeah, I think if you're anybody who's interested right now in moving up the ladder um, and, and potentially becoming a head coach for the first, maybe the first time in your career, um, working for Brett Bielema and being one of his coordinators is not a bad option at all. And I think that's been proven over the years. And um, when you have seven people right now who have directly benefited after working for you, um, to, to becoming a head coach for the first time in their career. Uh, a lot of people are going to look at that as, as, as a, uh, um, as a, as a boom for, for their resume. And I'll tell you this, I, I, I think that Brett Bielema has this Illinois program and what he, how he structured it in a heck of a lot better situation than before he hired Ryan Walters. And so I think that that you mix the Illinois job, um, right now with what Ryan Walters has built and then the system that Brett Bielema has put in place with the historic nature of if I've worked for Brett Bielema, there's a chance I might be able to become a head coach one day. That's going to be a really attractive job. Oh, by the way, you're probably going to get paid somewhere in the neighborhood of a million five to two million dollars a year to be a defensive coordinator in the Big Ten. So um, I do think it's a really attractive job for what Brett Bielema has created and the coaching tree is a big part of that. Yeah, that, that that's a lot of great points there. Um, so we've we talked a little bit about you know Ryan Walters, and again, Illini fans are uh, they're hoping that he finishes right behind Brett Bielema in the rankings all the time. That's perfectly fine for Purdue to be right there. Uh, wish him all the luck in the world every Saturday, but the the one that uh, Purdue and Illinois uh, clash. Um, but let's talk now. You know, there's 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 some interesting names out there. Um, let's start with the sexier ones first um, okay. for replacements. And I know a lot of people look at Chris Ash and Jim Leonard as the two sexy names. So give us a rundown here. Talk about these guys, and then we'll we'll talk about some of the less sexy names. Which, to be honest with you. Um, when Ryan Walters got the job, there's a lot of people didn't know who he was. And two years later, he's the Purdue head coach. So, so when we talk about some names have some cachet, that doesn't say that the people who don't have the cachet aren't really good too. So Jim Leonard is one of the best defensive minds in all of college football, um, runs a defensive system exactly the way that Illinois has been running their defensive scheme the last two years. 
would be would be a perfect fit for this program. The problem is, is that after everything that Jim Leonard has accomplished at his alma mater at Wisconsin, um, after you know retiring from the NFL as a player um, and and finishing his senior season, by the way, as a player for head coach Brett Bielema, um, there's a lot of talk about what Jim Leonard is going to do next after Wisconsin now has hired Luke Fickle. And, you know, there's there's a lot to be said here. One is, is that Jim Leonard has never worked outside the state of Wisconsin. Quite frankly, he's never worked outside the city of Madison. Um, the second part about it is I'm hearing a lot of industry sources that say Ryan, uh, Jim Leonard might be in the three-letter league, the NFL, um, when Black Monday hits in a few weeks here in that league um, as a defensive coordinator. And specifically, he turned down the Green Bay Packers job once. I don't know if he'll turn it down again if he's offered it again um, to be their defensive coordinator. I think Jim Leonard is going to be a defensive coordinator in the National Football League this coming fall. Uh, I think Brett Bielema has a sense of that as well. So I think that he would be a very, very sexy name. I think he would be a very, very great, uh, a very, very good fit for what Illinois has put together in terms of their staff. Um, but you got to, in terms of scheme, but it, but you got to remember Jim Leonard's never worked with anybody on that staff. You know, I don't know, I, except for maybe J-Mo, but I'm not real sure. Terrence yeah. Jameson, the defensive line coach. Um, so there's a lot of guys in that room that, are from Wisconsin, but didn't work with Jim Leonard because he was still in, he was still playing in the NFL when they were at Wisconsin. So um, they'd have to get used to that, but um, that's a sexy name. You mentioned Chris Ash. Okay. Um, Chris Ash is again, considered one of the most, you know, thought after defensive minds in all of college, in all of football, quite frankly, but at the college level, he was, he was well, he was well thought of. The problem with the problem with Chris Ash is this is it's twofold. One is, is that he hasn't worked with Brett Bielema in 10 years. Last time he worked with Brett was in 2013 um, when he spent one year. He made the transition with Brett from Wisconsin to Arkansas, spent one year there. And then Urban Meyer hired him to be his co-defensive coordinator at Ohio State. And after two years with that, he got the Rutgers head coaching job. And then he spent the last two years in the NFL. We'll get back to that in a minute, but, but uh, Chris Ash hasn't worked with Brett Bielema in a decade. And I think the one thing I will point out is that Brett Bielema has changed from the 42 year old Brett Bielema to the now 52 year old Brett Bielema that we know. And while I think it would work and Chris Ash was quite frankly, the position coach for Aaron Henry, who is the defensive backs coach at Illinois and was the primary recruiter for Aaron Henry um, to Wisconsin. He's worked with JMO before. Um, I think he's worked with Kevin Kane before um, when Kevin was a, a GA at Wisconsin to be, if I remember correctly, if I have my timeline, correct. Um, I, I, he has unbelievable recruiting ties to the Midwest. He has unbelievable recruiting ties to the state of Florida, which is going to be key. Um, you know, Chris Ash is seen as somebody who who can go get players along with put together a scheme that works. And in the one year at Texas that he was there um, before he left for the NFL, you know, they had kind of done a resurgence there, especially on defense under uh, under Tom Herman and had done some really, really good things. The second full problem with Chris Ash is that now he is in the NFL. And, and Mike, I've, I've, I've had industry sources tell me over the last two years that with the everything that has happened in terms of college football, the transfer portal, 
We now have two signing class. We have two signing dates and two signing classes. Um, we have spring. We have an we have a elevated, elongated spring ball now than it was before. Um, there is no off season in college football. And when you get into the NFL coaching life, this isn't to say that that Chris Ash is lazy, but you get an off season. You get a chance to go on a vacation. You get a chance to, uh, and 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 quite frankly, when you are on the job, it's more about coaching ball and scheming it up than it is about player acquisition and trying to keep your own players happy right. all the time um, because you're dealing with grown adult males who are professionals, right? Um, and the NFL life, believe it or not, has become a heck of a lot more attractive in terms of just quality of life for football coaches than the college football life, college football coaching life. So I don't know exactly if Chris Ash wants to return to college football or not. I don't. So that's the two, that's the double head, that's the two headed sides of that coin when it comes to Jim Leonard and Chris Ash. And and Chris Ash, I, I I think obviously both those guys would be fantastic replacements. There's no doubt. I also got to wonder a little bit, just, you know, he's already run his own program and to go back to working with coach B again, maybe that would be a comfort zone or maybe it would be a little painful to go back to where you were a decade ago and you kind of think, gee, the whole decade, was it a waste? You know, human beings process things differently. That might be, kind of a tough thing to go for. So let's talk about some of the other candidates, because I know you put together a hot list that people can find mm-hmm. at guys.com of course, there. Um, I'm just telling you guys, if you want to know what's going on in Illinois, whether it's football, basketball, um, Illini Guys is a place to be. And it is, uh, you can do it for $99 a year. You know, we started that when we started this website, um, I know there's been a lot of inflation. Your gas prices have went up. Everything has went up. That price has not. So it's at uh, that same that same price. You get seven days to kick the tires, but we've got the football signing period. We've got the transfer portal period for football and basketball. We've got uh, the bowl season. We got basketball season. If you come on board and, and go to lineguys.com, hit the register button. You can get all this stuff. And then basically one of the guys who's the king of putting stuff on the message board is Matt. He will put um, subscriber exclusives back in the message boards, stories that go deeper in, and then you can read about stuff. And then the cool thing is, is you can talk to other Illini fans or Matt about it via the message boards. It's a lot of fun. So, Matt, let's talk about those other people, that uh, those other coaches that you had done some digging on today. So the obvious one is is well, for lack of a better term, obvious, right? You you hand the baton to Kevin King, and I think a lot of people who have been inside the Smith Center um, in Champaign have kind of thought that this is how this was going to go. When Ryan Walters became a head coach, is that Kevin King left a defensive coordinator position under an offensive minded head coach at SMU named Sonny Dykes. Um, to where he was left alone and said, you control the defense. He left that in order to, to work with Brett Bielema, work with Ryan Walters, work with Andy Boo, and learn and become a better coach. That's why he did it, to be honest. And so this has kind of seemed like a fate complete the whole time, is that once Ryan left, the baton would be handed to Kevin, 
and we'll see how that goes. And so this seems too obvious. I mean, honest to God, the, the, the when I when I did our our hot board, Mike, on OnlineIGuys.com, I, I, there's two categories: why it makes sense and why it doesn't. And the only thing I could come up with on why this doesn't make sense is that it's just too obvious, right? I mean, it's it's everything checks the box with Kevin. He has been a defensive coordinator in FBS before. He can recruit the suburban Chicago, can and does right now recruit the suburban Chicago area in the state of Illinois. He he is a major part of the scheme that has been created at Illinois because Ryan Walters, Kevin Kane, Andy Boo, and Brett Bielema all scheme it up all week long to get what you what what you're watching on Saturday afternoons in the fall, right? Um, so there, it's it's a group effort, um, and and Kevin Kane right now is your eyes in the sky right now in terms of how you would uh, how you would how what his daily job is on Saturdays in the fall while Ryan Walters and all the other assistants are down on the field. You know, he gives you that perspective. Um, he's 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 really ahead of his time in terms of scheme. He coaches what I would believe to be the one of the more important position groups in Illinois already, which is that outside linebacker question standpoint. Um, and quite frankly, I think Kevin's just ready. You know, and 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 you have to think that if Kevin Kane were to not get this job, I don't know if it would be immediate, but he would start thinking about, hey, I'm ready to be a defensive coordinator. Who wants me to be a defensive coordinator somewhere, right? And if, and if if Illinois is is not going to be that place, so I think this this just makes too much sense. Um, you know, and so I I I would if you had to like you know make me bet on this right now, I would think the betting favorite would be Kevin Kane gets the promotion, and then Illinois starts to look for a defensive backs coach, which is what Ryan's position group was, specifically safeties, and, and tries to fill the 10th assistant coach position that way. That's probably where, you know, our Illini defensive coordinator hot board will become a 2.0 instead of a one the 1.0 that it is now. But if it's not Kevin King, um, we mentioned, or I mentioned, Charlie Partridge, Okay. Um, I've known Charlie Partridge since I was a freshman at Eastern Illinois University. Charlie's first job was a defensive line coach for the legendary Bob's Poo at Eastern Illinois University. And I've known Charlie since then. So that would be, what, 18 years, okay? Um, he was a head coach at Florida Atlantic after he was a defensive coordinator for Brett at, at Wisconsin. Um, he runs the exact same scheme. Right now he coaches defensive line at Pitt. When you watch the draft in April – Pitt defensive linemen always get drafted and they always get drafted high. Why is that? Because Charlie Partridge is their position coach and Pat Narduzzi is their head coach. Um, that is a defensive minded, defensive led program. If there ever was one, um, I have a lot of connections with Charlie. I have done some digging on this. I, I would, and I was told from, from two different sources, pretty much the exact same thing. If Charlie's going to leave Pitt, it's going to have to be for a really, really attractive defensive coordinator job or a head coaching position. Why is that? Because Charlie's wife and their kids are really, really happy at, at, in, in the Pittsburgh area. He's been at Pitt now under Pat Narduzzi for a long, long time. And despite him, Narduzzi having some hot seat stuff, talk about him over the last few years, um, you know, after, you know, Kenny Pickett left and everything, they're having to reshuffle that entire program. I believe that, you know, Charlie Partridge will be at Pitt for as long as Pat Narduzzi's at Pitt and and as long as he can be at Pitt because his family really, really likes it there. So I don't know if Brett's going to be able to pry him away. Um, but that's a possibility. Um, and it's a possibility 
because again, Brett would feel comfortable with him. He's familiar with the scheme and he has multiple years of being a coordinator at the power five level. Um, the other ones to watch potentially, I mean, we, we hit Jim Leonard, you know, we hit, uh, we hit Chris Ash. Um, you know, there, there's a couple of others, but those are, those are the main targets right now. I think of a, of a Brett Bielema search right now. And then um, what I've tried to do like tonight is investigate. Is there somebody who Brett Bielema has faced who he's, who he was really enamored with because that's what he was enamored with, with Tony Peterson. That's what he was enamored with, with Ryan Walters when he started looking at, you know, Hey, Hey, let's look at this guy's scheme. I really like him, um, and he's done that before. So I I apologize, folks. I just don't think this defensive coordinator search by Brett Balin was going to get further than four or five people, um, simply because that's not his process. He had told me earlier this year that if and when that were to happen, he has an updated list in, in you know, I, I don't think it's in the folder that he carries with him on the sidelines on Saturdays in the fall, but – but there's a folder somewhere that has a list of defensive line coaches and defensive coordinators and offensive line coaches, if and when those guys get get promotions. And so um, I think this will be a very, very quick fix for Illinois. And I think Brett Bielema will move quickly um, for a lot of different reasons, one of which you're going to talk to Kedrick Prince about, which is recruiting and the signing day that's coming up here in the middle of this month and the transfer portal that's going on right now. But I do think that those are the names I think you're going to want to watch. But like I said before, and to, to wrap this up in a, in a, in a, nice package for the Christmas season. Um, I think if you made me bet on this, I would say Kevin Kane right now is your betting favorite. And until I hear otherwise or a name otherwise, I, I would think that Kevin gets the promotion and then they figure out the 10th assistant that way. Okay, great. So uh, we appreciate you doing the digging. I know there's a lot of, like I said, when you're trying to figure out what's happening next in the transfer portal, trying to figure out what's happening next in the actual signing day recruiting, which we're all used to. And then you throw in the defensive coordinator uh, having some fantastic news uh, about moving to a head coaching role. Um, that that means it's quite a full day. And we haven't even talked about anything basketball related or women's basketball related. Uh, pretty good times to be covering the Illini, huh, Matt? To paraphrase the Ben Bradley character in, in uh, I, I'm – I'm probably going to take a shower, take a nap, 15 minutes, and then get my stuff together again and do this all over. It's been a day, and I'm pretty tired, but uh, but give me 15 minutes, and I'll be back on it again. So um, happy to do it, and uh, if I hear anything, you guys know we'll update the hot board whenever we can and whatever we need to, but I will obviously be on the boards uh, at IlliniGuys.com to, to give you all the insider, insider information as soon as I possibly can. Perfect. Thank you very much, Matt. Yep. Now we're going to pivot over to our director of recruiting, Kedrick Prince, who's also a person who's out there on the boards at the Line Eye Guys. Um, you know, he puts his information uh, in a lot of places. Of course, he obviously uh, is a reporter up in the Quad Cities as well. So he is a multi-talented, um, multitasking individual. Um, Kedrick, first off, you know, you uh, you knew Ryan and, and covered him. Um, any thoughts about uh, him moving over to Purdue? I know there's a lot of fans who really are very, uh, very appreciative of everything he's done and maybe just wishing he could be here a little longer. But 
Uh, what are your thoughts after covering him? And you've covered Illini football for a long time, so you've got kind of a neat perspective on uh, some of the coaches we've had here in the past as well. Well, I had a chance to meet Ryan um, when he first got hired. I was lucky enough to – I actually con was in contact with, with him the very first day he got hired. And, you know, he was really, really eager to learn, and he was really – eager to learn about the Illini family and, you know, he had heard about the passion that the school had. And, you know, he was a guy that I can honestly say that I trusted. And, you know, when the opportunity presented itself, you know, I had a chance to chat with him a few times and I can't be selfish, you know, and I'm going to be selfish, but it's, it, it stings for the university of Illinois because it was a good hire. I mean, he proved in two years, this guy could come in and work magic and, I've said on a podcast probably a month, month and a half ago, I still don't know if there's a better defense. There may have been some guys out there in Lou Tepper years and stuff that were really good defensive uh, – who had, who had good defensive teams, but he was just special. And, you know, probably the part that I don't like more than anything is that he stayed in the Big Ten and he's at Purdue. If it was another school, it probably wouldn't have bothered me as much. I just think it's things because – not the fact that he may be successful, because I'm a guy who worry about what's going on in his own camp, and I trust what what Illinois is doing. But just the fact that it's so close to the program, and you know, heck, you can get on you can get on a plane and fly from Champaign, you know, to West Lafayette in 20, 25 minutes. So that stings to me just a little bit. Um, but we had heard rumblings about it, you know, that we're all kind of connected, that there may be some possibility. But I'm uh, happy for the guy and his family. At the end of the day, yes, you got to be. I mean, because, you know, I talked to some recruits tonight, and, you know, and one of the recruits I talked to was a transfer, um, Avery Jones, and he said to me, people got to understand these coaches do what's best for their family, and the kids do the same thing. So, he, you know, you, you got to tip your hat to these guys, and people can't be selfish about it in the long run. Yeah, and, and that's 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 a great way to put it, of course. You know, and, and this happens at other programs, you know. I'm just – just um, want to point out to people that the uh, running back coach and assistant head coach, uh, Kenny Burns over at um, uh, Minnesota, who, um, you know, has, yeah, has been credited with some of that rushing attack, including Mo Ibrahim. Uh, you know, he, he just has been announced uh, as the next head football coach at Kent state. So, you know, if you're running a good program, your uh, your coaches get an opportunity to to enlarge their career, and uh, Ryan Walters got a fantastic one when you land in the Big Ten, and and that's really life changing money that can you know can literally change the fate for you know generations. So um, yeah, fantastic, fantastic for well, Ryan. And when you look at his family today, if people had a chance, Mike, to look at his family. You know, that's what kind of sold it to me. Yeah, you know, I can say to me, seeing him in those colors, but he has, you know, children that, you know, that are going to grow up and they're going to be taken care of for the rest of their lives. And they were able to do that because their father was extremely gifted and good at what he does. And you got to take advantage of the situation and money because, and in football, it happens so much because there's so many coaches involved in position players. And that, it happens in basketball, which Illinois experienced a couple of years ago. Um, with Chin Coleman and Orlando um, and Stephen Gentry. But in football, it happens quite frequently. Yep, yep. Um, and and like I said, we're we're happy for him. Obviously, we wish, you know, 
wouldn't be in a place that you got to play him every year, but um, we think it's going to be a fantastic rivalry and, and, you know, he will do wonders for Purdue. So, so let's go now, you know, one of the first things that people selfishly think of as Illini fans is what do the recruits think about this and, you know, what, what could be, um, you know, what could be, coming down the pike for Illinois in terms of uh, consequences of Ryan leaving. So you had a chance to talk to a few recruits. Maybe you can kind of take us through a few of those recruits and let the, let you, you know, let the fans know, you know, what are they thinking? Uh, you know, what are the kids who are looking to come to Illinois thinking? Well, I don't want the fans. I, I don't blame the fans for thinking that way because um, the first thing I thought of when I got the news was, okay, who's going to replace him, and will they have a defense that we get to write about for you know for four or five months because he was fabulous. The next thing I thought about was the recruits, and I've anybody who's known me and followed me when it comes to recruiting, I've always complained about this, and I'm still complaining to to this day, <laughs> uh, Mike, is that in football, basketball, if you get a commitment. 99% of the time, that kid honors his commitment. Yep. But in football, it changes like the weather. And, I mean, I was able to talk to a number of kids, today, and they all told Kedrick Prince the right thing. But am I certain of that? I'm not. Because it can change. It can change, you know, within a heartbeat. I had one kid, you know, talk to me before I was, you know, going to contact all, all, all the other recruits. And he was wavering. And then an hour and a half later, he gave me the, the correct answer that I want to hear. So I, I want to share with the listeners out there what they said, but on the same side of it, until they sign on the line December 21st, I'm concerned about it because, you know, those, a lot of those kids are there because of Coach Walters. You know, a lot of them are also there because of the University of Illinois. You know, one of the kids that I'll start with, his name is Mason Morega. He is a 6'4 kid. Um, for more in Michigan. I think he is a, another gem that Illinois found. You know, it's a guy that, you know, Illinois, see, I think they see, see potential in him that a lot of other schools didn't. Um, one of the things he talked to me about, you know, l- last fall was they think they can put weight on him and make him quicker and, and make him, you know, turn him into an NFL prospect. You know, he probably had the most lengthy, you know, conversation with me was, He's happy for him. You know, he turned Illinois to one of the best defensive teams in the country is what he said. He's happy for him and his family. Um, But he also, you know, is extremely confident in knowing the fact that Illinois is going to hire somebody equally as good. You know, he made the comment to me also that, you know, do we really think Coach Beatham was just going to pick anybody who's not qualified for for that position? Yeah, that's good to hear. You know, it's, it's, it's it's and and I think you gave the appropriate label there, you know, or or con- warning, you know, you're hearing what people say today, and there are some players who are, um, you know, mature enough to try to at least evaluate in their mind what a reporter wants to hear, and sometimes they will say what what you want to hear, but for the for the most part, we're going to take guys at their um, uh, take guys at their word and and you know move along. So, who well, else did you talk to today? I'll tell you what. I mean, I guess me. I don't want to show my age here, but now I've done this enough, and especially you know working with you guys, 
um, because I'm solely focusing on recruiting only, sometimes I can kind of tell by yeah. the conversation, the tone of voice, the length of the the quote, the, the quotes that I get, and the excitement to talk to me, whether or not this is fake or they're doing what you said, just saying what I you know what I want to hear because they know I cover Illinois. Yeah. So, Here's an example, and I don't want the fans to think that, hey, you know, this is a guy that's going to leave. Um, Sabor Kareem was a guy that they really, really wanted. I mean, in the worst way, he's a six foot three cornerback um, from from New Jersey. When I first talked to him, one of the things he talked to me about was, I'm just really happy. I'm, I'm 100% committed. And I thought, okay, that's a red flag. So then I let it go for a second, and then I got more out of him on his own, which means that, you know what, He's committed to University of Illinois, not to a coach. Uh, the fan support has been great for him. So that part of it, you know, I was thinking, okay, this is much better because when I, when a kid doesn't want to say anything and they give you a short answer, that means they could be mad or they could be busy doing something else. But I also, like I said to him, I'm starting to figure out a lot, you know, as far as yep. these kids are concerned about that. Um, another kid, his name is Jaheim Clark. Um, he's a six-month safety from Fort Myers, Florida. Um, I liked his comments. He was talked about being 100% locked in. Um, he's coming to play defense for Illinois, and that meant not for Ryan Walters, uh, which I, I liked, uh, you know, as well. So, and I think these kids, you know, I kind of, you know, tried to say, hey, did you know this was coming? Um, did anybody tell you this was coming, Mike? And this all caught them by surprise, too. So, it's not that the you know this was put out there before and the recruits knew about it. They found out when 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 everybody else found out about it today as well. So that was kind of refreshing to hear that the recruits you know you know weren't told and they were just going to think, hey, okay, now I got to go somewhere else because they caught him off guard. Um, Patrick Farrell is another guy. He's a um, Chicago kid from Saint Rita High School. Um, at first, I thought he was kind of really bitter by and taken back by it, you know, but first thing he said to me was, okay, December 21st, watch what I do. I'm staying in for my home state. I'm 100% locked in, you know, but they were all happy for him. So, you know, those are just a few guys in that 23 class that I talked about. Um, I did a podcast tonight with a transfer kid. You know, he's, a, you know, he's going to be a center on the offensive side of the ball, but we talked a little bit about Coach Walters. His name was Avery Jones, which I mentioned earlier. Um, and you'll be hearing on my podcast. He just said to me, you know what, this happens all the time in football. And he, he went to North Carolina before, and there were some coaching changes, and he left. So some of these kids in football, Mike, and the guys who are listening to this podcast, I guess it's the norm. They kind of expect it. Well, and, and, and also I watched, you know, uh, Avery Jones, some of his films. That is a mean – lean blocking machine um uh, you know you you the line i pick up a player like that and there's not much um fanfare but you know a lot of the issues illinois ran into this year was when they got in the red zone they couldn't run between the guards and i'm thinking with this gentleman at center and then allowing you know, the Illini offensive line to age a year and get a little bit bigger and a little bit more experienced. Um, maybe some of those red zone issues won't be so pronounced as what we saw this year. I agree. And I'll tell you what was, I want the people to obviously, you know, listen to my podcast, but 
you know, if you guys really want to know why he committed, I mean, obviously not if it has to do with Coach Bielema, but his girlfriend. How about his girlfriend coming on the trip with him and listening to what the coaching spill was and what Tank Wright had to say, you know, and all the nutrition things and how they could get him for the NFL. He basically told me, hey, you know, when they got him, you know, when it was time to go back to North Carolina, she told him, you got to go to Illinois. It doesn't, I don't care what these other schools tell you. That's huge. And then he said, how genuine. Because a lot of times I know these kids are being lied to and they're, and they're fake. You know, and I want the Illinois fans to understand, this is why I'm not worried. This staff, whether it's Brett Bielema, Ann Henry, Brad Underwood, uh, you know, uh, Jeff Alexander or Shauna Green, Josh Whitman did a very good job of hiring people who are genuine. They're going to be okay. They're going to recruit because all these kids say the same thing. He basically just said that, like, Coach B made him feel like a father, and they showed him things of how they could make him better. You know, the thing that people shouldn't take for granted is these kids want discipline. They want player development. That's a term that I hear a lot at all levels, whether it's women's basketball, men's basketball, football. And Illinois has a knack of showing kids of what they can do. Uh, he mentioned to me that they sat down and watched one of his game films and told him how good he did, but they showed him flaws, and then they showed him game film, what Illinois did. And he came away so impressed, thinking that, that they could do this to him and put him you know, where he needs to be as far as playing at the next level. So not to be long-winded, I'm really sorry about that, but I just think the recruiting part of it's going to you know, stay fine, and I think the, Illinois is going to hire the right coach. And there's going to be all these rumors out there. There's going to be tons of them, and we're going to bust our behinds to find out, you know, who that's going to be, but, you know, we all have our favorites too. You know, when the job came open, I want to beat them up to get the job. I got lucky to get it. So, but I guess we'll wait and see what happens. Yeah, this is, um, this is exciting time. You know, um, again, the message board is, as we talked earlier, um, that's where, you know, uh, Illini fans uh, who are subscribed to Illini guys go on there and, and they talk to one another they ask Ked questions. They ask Matt questions. They ask Brad Sturdy questions. Um, and then you, and, and unlike, you know, if you're reading Ked in a newspaper article, you can't ask him a follow-up question or it's a little harder to do that. On our message boards, you know, you can ask like, hey, Ked, what did you mean by this? Or what were your thoughts when he said that? Um, and, and that's what kind of makes um, our website a little different. And really makes the experience more well-rounded. And so we encourage all of our uh, subscribers to go out and post, you know, and it's, it's actually a place, ironically, uh, Larry and I, the first time we had, we were on a, a, a message board years ago and became kind of friends and became friends with Brad Sturdy. And later on that becomes Illini guys. So never know what can happen on those message boards. <laughs> I don't know if that's a cautionary tale or not, Ked. I'm not certain if that if that was a good one or, or to tell or not. But anyway, no. that's just the way it works. So, no, I think um, it's great. So, when you do, you have any thoughts on who might be the the next um, uh, defensive coordinator for the Fighting Illini before we we uh, cut everybody loose here? Well, here's what I I would love to do. I would love to say who I want to get the job, but the reason I'm not going to do that. And I don't want the fans to get mad at me to okay, kid, you're being a chicken. 
I know these coaches listen to our podcast because sometimes when you talk to them, they let these things slip because yeah. they'll call you they'll call you out on it. So I don't want them to think, hey, you know, like here's an example. I'm just throwing this guy out there. A guy that I love and I I hope stays at Illinois for the rest of his life is Aaron Henry. I mean, that guy is special to me on so many levels. But if I don't say his name, I don't want him getting mad at me because he's, I'm, I'm one of his biggest fans. He'll yeah. never understand that. So do I have some ideas? Yeah. I'll tell you what I might do, though, since you talked about a message board. I may throw some of that on a message board so to put some ideas out there so we can get people in on our message board to show them, you know, what we do. But no, I'm just kidding. I, I don't I don't want to do that. I just don't think that's the appropriate thing to do. But I, what I do want to see is that they hire somebody with the same mentality. Um, and for the Purdue fans out there that are complaining because a lot of them are unhappy about the hire. You need to you need to chill because you just gotta you just gotta one of the best young up and coming coaches in all college football. Just wait, I guarantee it. Yeah, and and look, you know the the interesting thing is is unlike you, you know, and and it's been a challenging uh, day for me as as you know you wanted Coach B from minute one, and you were clear about that before he was ever hired. Um, I was always a fan of of Mike Leach, and uh, was very sad today. And condolences go out to his family. I always I always thought he would be a fantastic fit, particularly a generation after Mike White terrorized the Big Ten. And so I wasn't the most thrilled guy in the world when Brett Bielema got the job. And I have to say, his performance as head coach of the Fighting Illini has made me pivot. 180 degrees, and now I, I couldn't be happier with the job he's done as head coach, and and that goes for a couple of reasons. First, the first one is is while he may not be recruiting a bunch of five stars like Ryan Day has the privilege of doing when you're the Ohio State coach, he's finding guys who play his style of ball and getting them in here, and he's hired a staff that has developed those kids and they've had success on the field. And now he's getting to go a second round of hiring um, because this place now, not only is it becoming a destination for players, particularly if you're offensive lineman, you want to go to the NFL um, coach B's only one offensive lineman behind Nick Saban. And he took a few years off to go to the NFL um, and um, at the same time, Coach B doesn't get like 25 stars. He does it with guys who are anywhere from two to four stars. So, you know, this is becoming more of a destination place for guys who want to um, maximize their career and have a even have a shot at going to the NFL. And now all of a sudden, you know, I think it's his seventh or eighth coach that's uh, been promoted up and – and, you know, he's got another uh, coach of his who is a head coach. And and Ryan Walters didn't have to go through the step that even a guy like um, even a guy like Urban Meyer had to spend two years at Bowling Green, um, you know, before he started getting some of the bigger jobs. And he did two years at Utah when Utah wasn't anything. And so he had four years of experience before he got his 
power two job at Florida. And then obviously after that, you know, was Ohio state and, and Ryan Walters is going to go, you know, based on his hard work and the, the um, mentoring from Brett Bielma, he's going to go right to a big 10 job as his first job at 36 years old. So, you know, Brett Bielma is building a place where not only players want to go to, but if I'm a young and up and coming coach, I want to work for Brett Bielma to have opportunity to maximize my career as well. That's something that a lot of people don't talk about, right, Ked? Oh, without a doubt. I mean, again, you know, one of the things Avery said to me, he, you know, tonight was, "Hey, I'm not going to say anything bad about the skill position players at Illinois." He said, "But let's, you know, let's be honest. The Big Ten's a physical league, and it's a big boys' league, and everybody in football knows if you're a good offer, if you're a good lineman, you go to the Big Ten." And then he mentioned about Coach Bielema's history at Wisconsin and then what he did at Illinois. You know, so, the you know, the history and these coaches have done a tremendous job. The one thing I'll have to give Coach Bielema credit for, when he even when he was at Wisconsin, Mike, and I understand why you felt that way. Because when he was at Wisconsin, you know. Uh, well, they was, beat us like was, a drum. Yes, <laughs> and it was boring. But I'm going to give him credit. He's older now and he's wiser. That offense, and he he's hired obviously an offensive coordinator with some imagination. The stuff that they tried to run at Illinois this year, um, you can see when they have more talent and more depth, you're going to see some different things from them. And I'm saying that because he just doesn't line up behind the center and run the football and drop step, you know, drop back three yards and then you know you know throw the football. I give him credit. He's grown, and so uh, I'm just confident. And also. I believe in Josh Whitman's going to give him everything he possibly needs to sign him within reason. And, you know, so I, it's just going to be exciting time. And this is great because it's, you know, it's holidays and, you know, I'm excited about who the next person is going to be. And he made a statement. It's going to be in the coming weeks, but I think it's going to be sooner. I don't think it's going to be two or three weeks. Yep. Perfect. Well, any other final thoughts, Ked, as we uh, kind of wrap this uh, podcast that none of us knew when we woke up this morning that we'd have any reason to do that, you know, it was kind of a, a surprising, a, a surprising day. You know, I guess we thought it could happen, but you know, we didn't know for sure. Um, any final thoughts? Well, I'm going to say this. I mean, I'm going to bust my behind, you know, f- to keep on these recruits to see what's going on. Cause like I said to you, they told me what I want to hear today and I was encouraged by it, but don't be surprised if you wake up and see a Twitter feed tomorrow where kid reopens up his recruitment. And if he does, you probably know where he's going to go. So, you know, if he does, and, you know, we're going to pursue it and we're also going to, you know, find out, you know, who they're going to get to replace any of those kids if they decide to do that. So that's my, you know, parting thought with this. I, I hope that doesn't happen. Um, and, you know, and well, you take the good with the bad because Illinois just got a kid from Wisconsin who be committed, you know, a right receiver, you know, so don't, you know, think that, you know, it just because you're Illinois, it won't happen to you because everybody's excited about this kid as a receiver. But can you imagine what Wisconsin's thinking because they lost him? So yep. it goes both ways. Yep. Well, thank you very much. Of course, this is uh, Alana guy, Mike Kegley, and uh, thanking Kedrick Prince. He's our uh, director of recruiting, and you can read his stuff, um, you know, uh, on IlliniGuys.com. He talks with everybody. Of course, he has his own podcast, Keds recruiting roundup. And if you go out there right now 
Um, you know, he has released his latest episode and, um, you know, it, it basically will, he will talk to the players and give you kind of the unique point of view of what it's like to be recruited by a team like the fighting Illini. And, um, occasionally he'll even have their parents and their, um, coaches on as well. So fascinating stuff that you really can't get anywhere else. Ked's recruiting roundup. You can get that at just about any podcast purveyor. Make sure you hit the subscribe button on any of these podcasts and you'll get, um, you'll automatically get them delivered to your smartphone, which is, was really awesome feature. And of course, Sturdy's, uh, Sturdy for 30, Brad Sturdy's uh, uh, podcast is out there as well. Make sure you subscribe to that. And finally, one last thing, Alana Guys has the Alana Guys Sports Spectacular. That's our two-hour extravaganza. This week is going to be packed, packed. So make sure you listen. You just go to IlliniGuys.com, hit the radio button. You can see what what, uh, cities we're on, what stations in those cities, what day, either Friday or Saturday, and what time. And you can go ahead and listen to the show. Um, and the only thing we ask you to do is email, call, drop by, let the station know that you you appreciate us on the air. That would be very helpful. It helps them know what people are listening to. And um, we would love to have uh, you subscribe to that as well. And any of our podcasts, if you can give a five-star rating, that really helps us out uh, uh, also. So with that, this is Alana Guy, Mike, Mike Kegley, and I'm thanking um, our staff writer, Matt Stevens, and our director of recruiting, Kedrick Prince. You want to hear more from them, you got to go to IlliniGuys.com because whether you live in Champaign or Chicago, halfway across the country or halfway across the planet, IlliniGuys.com is the best place to stay in the know. Thank you.